this is Dr. Nick Tiller, and you're listening to the Skeptic's Guide to Sports Science podcast. What follows is an audio recording of my column, published in Skeptical Inquirer, the magazine for science and reason. For more information, visit www.skepticalinquirer.org. As with all articles in the series, a link to the original piece with its full list of references can be found in the show notes. Episode 27 Five Festive Fitness Fads to Know About This Holiday Christmas is a time for giving. For the snake oil salesmen of the world, however, it's a time for taking. The holiday season sees capitalism, the pressure of gift-giving and dietary excesses coalesce, creating the perfect storm for consumer exploitation. The commercial world swells with baseless claims and pseudoscience. After a year covering political ideologies and professional sports, the health consequences of smartphone addiction and my scepticism of anti-obesity drugs, I opted for a light-hearted transition into 2024. In this month's column, your resident pseudoscience Grinch brings you some festive fitness fads to look out for this holiday. And wouldn't you know it, there are five of them. 1. The New Year's Colon Cleanse There's a lot of controversy surrounding the death of George Washington. In 1799, after falling ill with an unknown illness, America's founding father had his arms slashed so doctors could purge impurities from his body and balance his humours. Medieval, I know, but this was 60 years before Pasteur proved the germ theory of disease and doctors were stuck with vestigial medicine from ancient Greece. Washington was bled, and when he showed no improvement, they bled in some more. By the time he succumbed to his condition, he'd lost 40% of his blood, probably hastening his demise. When humans finally confined bloodletting to the history books, it created a vacuum that was quickly filled by other emerging pseudoscience. We no longer purge the blood of evil humours, but instead purged of nasty toxins and chemicals. It's the same gift wrapped in new paper. After weeks of dietary excess, too much alcohol and too little sleep, most of us start the new year groping for a way to wipe the slate clean. This is when pseudoscience is most insidious and the commercial detoxes crawl from the woodwork. The online advice told me to juggle several practices, such as drinking more water to flush the kidneys, sometimes with lemon to aid the cleansing process, drinking detox teas that contain antioxidants and popping pills to cleanse the liver. Some detox proponents even suggested a visit to the colonic hydrotherapy centre because apparently, quote, it's the best way to prepare your colon for the Christmas season, end quote. Now, we've known for decades that detoxes exert no power on the body, instead relying on the power of the mind. What's more, they're premised on the harmful idea that one can repent for an extreme lifestyle by engaging in yet more extreme behaviours. But there's no undo button when it comes to lifestyle. Instead, this holiday, 
Why not enjoy these short-term indulgences, but focus on damage limitation? Moderate alcohol intake, having one fewer helpings of dessert, eating some vegetables with Christmas dinner, taking regular walks with family and friends. Then, in the new year, return to regular programming. Two, immune-boosting holly and mistletoe drinks. I recently visited the Montreal Christmas Market, a yearly event where the city erects a small village of European-style wooden shacks selling Christmas wares that nobody needs. I threaded my way through the crowds. I sampled the maple port, as if port wasn't sweet enough, and tried the gingerbread but skipped the mulled wine because it's revolting. Then I stumbled into a stall selling holly and mistletoe smoothies. In scrawl on a chalkboard to one side of the shack, the vendor claimed his smoothies were packed with antioxidants and would boost the immune system. That's not all. I've seen mistletoe punch recipes on TikTok, holly jolly lattes at Starbucks, and mistletoe cocktails on the Food Network. Of course, it's all false advertising because none of these festive drinks contain holly or mistletoe. This is rather fortunate because if eaten, the leaves and berries will cause diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, and stomach or intestinal problems if you're lucky, and they'll kill you if you're not. But what of the other greens that go into this festive sludge? As far as we know, there's no food, supplement, or nutrient that can boost the immune system. The only proven way to trigger a positive immune response is vaccination, and sadly, many among us would rather take their chances with the mistletoe. The immune system can instead be chronically strengthened with healthy eating, regular exercise, and good sleep. But these are considerably harder to market, especially during the holidays. Try wrapping up an exercise program with a shiny red bow for a loved one and see what response you get. And as for superfoods, the term has been prohibited in Europe for around 15 years, unless accompanied by a specific authorised health claim and credible scientific evidence. We're still waiting on that here in the United States. 3. New Year's Resolutions. Good idea, bad idea. I have a friend, David, who year after year sets a New Year's resolution to become a Guinness World Record holder. And every December, having failed in his latest attempt, he shifts to attempt a new record. I suppose you have to admire his persistence. He's not alone in his failed endeavours. 77% of people are confident they'll see their resolutions through to the following year, but only 7% actually achieve them. How do we get this so wrong? Now, the main problem is that New Year's resolutions aren't perceived as long-term interventions. Successful lifestyle changes, in other words, the ones that stick, require careful planning and implementation. This means designing short-term and long-term goals, carefully considering the barriers you'll likely face, various ways of overcoming them, and ongoing assessment, evaluation, and feedback. Few people approach their resolutions with this kind of foresight and structure. Instead, they hope that discipline and willpower will suffice. It won't. Most resolutions revolve around health and fitness, with exercise more, lose weight, and eat healthier consistently appearing in the top five. 
So before you squander next month's rent on a new gym membership, sign up for a commercial weight loss program or click buy now in your Amazon supplements, why not put some Gorilla Glue on your house of cards? Set some quantifiable goals, both short-term and long-term, and come up with a structured, stepwise approach for long-term implementation. After all, at its core, critical thinking means breaking the shackles of the tendency to think first and act second. Four, festive fasting to balance calorie intake. Interest in dieting tends to wax and wane and follows seasonal trends. Google searches for weight loss and lose weight are highest in the spring and lowest in the fall, probably because it's much harder to exercise in bad weather and most people try to lose weight ahead of the summer when they'll likely wear lighter clothes and go on vacation. When the skies cloud over, the days shorten, and the temperatures plummet, your body nudges you to stay indoors and conserve energy. This is because, historically, it promoted survival in the harsh winter months when food was scarce. Today, we're rarely without food, and our evolutionary instincts are somewhat misguided, even harmful. The biological imperative to consume energy in the winter, combined with dietary excess and time off work during the holiday, results in weight gain at this time of year in nearly all developed nations. Fasting is being increasingly proposed as a way of moderating calorie intake, both chronically and during the holiday period when diet quality falls. When done safely, fasting means abstaining from food for extended periods in between healthy and nutritious meals. But at Christmas, New Year's or Thanksgiving, Fasting is more likely to pull you violently from one dietary extreme to the other, from calorie deprivation to excess. This isn't so much fasting as it is binge eating, and it's known to cause a series of physical and emotional problems. In fact, while some people find success through intermittent fasting, there are concerns it can lead to binge eating and food cravings. So, be mindful of when you choose to fast and why. Technically, the body is in a fasted state when no calories are eaten for at least three hours, which can be prudently accomplished by not snacking between meals. 5. Santa-themed fun runs I was never any good at running. I used to find it dull and unenjoyable, and the cross-country runs we were made to do in high school left a bitter taste in my mouth. Then... In the spring of 2001, I ran the London Marathon and got the bug, the good kind. The sport had cast a spell on me, and running became a regular part of my life. I've since run around 50 marathons and ultramarathons. There are few reasons to take up ultramarathon running, but plenty of reasons to engage in regular exercise. Long-term weight management, reduced risk of cardiometabolic disease, improved strength and fitness and improved mental health, among others. However, running, at least in my experience, is also an opportunity to overcome physical and mental challenges, develop a social circle, and build a unique camaraderie with fellow runners. As an activity, it's also tremendously inclusive, because running doesn't care about your colour, creed or gender, or whether you're fast, slow or able-bodied. Everyone is welcome. This year, The Santa Shuffle, the Ho Ho Holiday 5K, 
and the Holly Jolly Fun Run are just a few of the holiday-inspired running races heading your way on or around the 25th of December. Nearly every city and county will have its own event. You can run, walk, meander, crawl or arm crank your way around the course to raise the heart rate, burn some calories ahead of Christmas lunch and participate in some community festivities. It's one fitness fad I'm happy to endorse. So as I wrap up the column for another year, I'd like to thank the loyal readers of Skeptical Inquirer, especially those who provided positive feedback on the column. I love hearing from those who've challenged their thinking because of something I've written or said, and I increasingly hear from practitioners, teachers and academics who've changed their practice or curriculum to embrace critical thinking. Skepticism has given me so much, and each year this column provides me the platform to give something back. Give the gift of logic and reason this year to yourself and those around you. Happy holidays, one and all. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this article, check out my book, The Skeptic's Guide to Sports Science, Confronting Myths of the Health and Fitness Industry, published by Taylor & Francis. For more information on this and my other work, visit www.nbtiller.com.